1: Yourselves, America. You're listening to Defenders Live. Tonight, I have with me a one HoloNet representative, Matt Holloway. Matt, how's it going tonight? You are my mic- well, bro.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you are silent on your mic. Oh, oh there you go. Yeah, well... I had to do it on every conference call for the entirety of my career, so this should be no different.
1: Not at all, except for the fact that you were on video stream as well, so everybody saw your mouth move, but nothing happened.
0: Uh, hey, <sighs> if the greatest YouTubers in the world can get away
1: with it, then so can I. Sure, exactly, and that's the best part about it. Now tonight we have a couple things going on. We want to uh, uh, we want to address um, sort of a, I guess, a splitting of uh, conservative thought. Um, in recent months and weeks and things like that between, uh, apparently there's, there's, there are people out there in the conservative party, uh, conservative, I can't say party, but conservative mindset in the think tanks that are trying to start drawing, driving a wedge in between, uh, conservatism and libertarianism. Like for some reason, that's two divergent streams of thought. Anyway, um... Uh, the reason why I bring this up is because there's a, there's a talk that happened at the um, Family Legislators Conference recently. Uh, we have a couple of clips that we're going to play. We have a couple things that we want to get to. But before we do any of that, I want to make sure you guys understand the importance of everything going on here. And by that, what I mean is I want you to understand where your money goes. You see, Patriot Mobile is one of the best phone companies out there. What I mean by that is they are the only phone company out there that not only gets rid of all the hidden fees and all the crap that you don't want to deal with on a daily basis, plus they have you know people on the phone that you can talk to all the time. It's amazing. But they also don't fund things that you don't want to fund. By that I mean Planned Parenthood, any other liberal cause that you don't want funded. Every other mobile company out there Funds, things that you stand against. Stop funding the liberal agenda. I mean, it, it's really simple. You just go to patriotmobile.com. You tell them that Mojo sent you, or you go to 1 800 A Patriot. That's 1 800 A Patriot, or 1 800 272 8746. They can buy out your contracts $500 a line or $1,500 per account credits. Stop funding big mobile today. Go out there. Go to PatriotMobile.com. dot com. Now, Matt, when it comes to dividing the country, when it comes to <laughs> you know doing things, we normally think about left and right, and and this this whole thing. But with this going on, I mean, this is
0: a this was a talk from uh, Doctor. What's his name? Uh, David Azarad, I believe I'm pronouncing that right, and he is from the uh, Heritage Foundation. Heritage Foundation, which I respect. I highly respect. Oh um, yeah, I, I cite them as a source repeatedly. Time and time again, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh the, the Heritage Foundation has an inestimable record. I mean, they're on the front lines right up there with uh the Cato Institute, right up mm-hmm. there with Americans for Prosperity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, fantastic record. And this just came out of left field and nowhere and and you know, is making me look at the Heritage Foundation a little bit differently. I'm trying not to let one uh, particular member's opinion change what I think of the whole organization, but it is making me reevaluate. Well, yeah, but it, here's the thing: it's not just one particular member's
1: understanding of this. It's a, a 20-year member who's been educating those in the Heritage Foundation for the past uh, for the past. 20 years of that. He's a doctor. He's a PhD. He's supposed to be this high-level conservative. And yet, you have things like this
2: clip right here. There's this disconnect between the account we give of our principles and the lives we lead. This is a result of the fact that in the 1950s, conservatives decided to form an alliance with libertarians to defeat communism.
1: Wait, sorry, hold on. Um... First off, what? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Wait, conservatives formed an alliance with the libertarians to defeat communism. And defeat it, they did. Wait,
2: let, let's, let, let's let them continue what, here.
1: What? Oh, Hold on, hold on. I
2: think it made perfect sense back then. You had this totalitarian ideology that wanted the state to swallow everything. Both conservatives and libertarians felt that there was a problem with that, and and they said, let's team up to defeat it. And defeated they did. And defeated
0: they did? Not based on what I see on a daily basis. (laughs) (laughs) And defeated they did, except
1: for all of the communists in the world and China going back to the emperor status and Russia pulling into the one man ruling all parties Oh, and uh, North
0: Korea. And <laughs> and New York elected Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Oh, that one. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I th- This is where I had an immediate disconnect. I mean, he's saying there's a disconnect between the account we give our principles and the lives we lead. There's a disconnect between uh, my prefrontal lobe here and the information that he just spouted. Communism was not defeated with the end of the Cold War, with the fall of the Berlin Wall. I mean, uh, it's been well documented. I mean, you Google it, a New York Times article pops up that says, no, we didn't actually win. Um, (laughs) And when the the New York Times gets that right, that's kind of difficult to square. Yeah, Uh, It's widely held and widely agreed that... Communism was not defeated at the end of the Cold War. The Soviet Union was defeated, but communism as a concept lives on. No, it, it lives
1: not, on. Not only that, but it lives on in uh, in our our economic system. It lives on in our education system. It lives on in the universities. It lives on in our government as of today
0: and in regimes around the world where it is still in place, in places like Cuba. I'm sorry, Venezuela can call themselves a, a, a people's socialist uh, nation all they want. It's communism. It, it is seizure of the methods of production by the state through force. That is textbook Leninist communism.
1: Right, right, right. So, and you, you call if, if you call something socialism, people think that it's, oh, it's just, you know— it's a nice thing. It's a We're trying to help out the little guy. But all socialism is is a soft bridge to communism. And if you put the word democratic in front of it, it doesn't change it. It just means that people voted it in instead of a, a dictator coming into place all at once.
0: Well, Ayn Rand once uh, was very well quoted as saying that the difference between socialism and communism is the difference between suicide and murder. I'm paraphrasing there.
1: (laughs) You know, it's funny that you'd bring up Ayn Rand because um, he's comparing Randianism, is what he calls it,
0: (laughs) to to being Tocquevillian. to, To the Tocquevillian conservatism of tradition. Doesn't, that, does, doesn't Tocquevillian always sound a little bit like it's a group of bad guys from a comic book? It really does. But uh, here, the, first the off. I digress. First off, if you're going to say <laughs> Tocquevillian, what do you actually mean
1: there? Because this was a guy from France who came to America to f- figure out why it was still working. Because by their intent and by their understanding, there was no way that America would have survived as much as it did, as far as it did, with the placement that it did. And you know what? If you want to go to Tocqueville on anybody, then you should understand that one of the reasons why he said that America was great, which, by the way, it's a paraphrase, um, was because the people, the individuals... In that country, who made sure that they stood up for their rights and made sure that they were understanding of their civic duties and the religion that it uh, that was based in their lives.
0: Well, the old saying is uh, the founders believed that America would only succeed; our government could only succeed.
1: For a just and With a people. moral
0: and just people,
1: yeah, and it's funny that we have to bring that up in this conversation because, I mean, I, I have to say where we found this because I found this and it was that's what really drew me to this. Like I said, it was the the family legislators conference, and that is housed and set up by Wall Builders, another organization that I love, that I that I that I mean. I mean, David Barton. I that mean, man, David Barton, and his family. <laughs> They—he has the largest private collection of original documents from our foundation, and he is the utmost historian when it comes to understanding our foundations and our founding fathers and the faith that drove them. And to and to sit here and have to argue with somebody that he brought up onto stage. At a, at, that, a, at a conference. doesn't make sense to me.
0: <laughs> it's like I, I I feel a little uh, like I'm underdressed somehow. <laughs> like, I
1: mean, I'm not underdressed, uh, but I, I, I'm repping. <laughs> I'm repping, but at the
0: same point in well, time... I
1: mean,
0: Barton, you say in the same breath as Beck. I mean, you say in the same breath as Jonathan Dunn, as, as so many other staunch advocates of American exceptionalism and everything that makes America great... Uh, it's just very, very difficult to suddenly hear something where the record skips. Yeah, it's, it's, your it's head very away. awkward. What? Uh, the, I, I told you, I, we, we went back and forth on Facebook about this a couple of days ago, and, and I, I told you there's an expression where I grew up in Jersey, yeah, but no. Nah. Yeah, but no. Nah. Yeah, but no. Nah. <laughs> and not yabba-dabba-doo, yabba Uh, Where <laughs> somebody says something that you, there's a lot there that you agree with. Mm-hmm but it started wrong or it ended wrong. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and that's the immediate conclusion I came to with this entire argument was, yeah, but no, uh, there's a lot of good things that, uh, Dr. Azarod does bring up toward the end. We're going to get to that. I'm getting a little bit ahead of us, but when you start from the premise that we defeated communism at the end of the cold war, it's going to be fruit of the poison tree. It's everything that flows from that premise is going to have an issue because it flowed from that premise. <laughs> it makes sense, right? I mean, uh, oh, first off,
1: communism isn't dead. Uh, so Not hardly. Th- that's, that's, that's a big start there. And uh, I, I think uh, this leads into that second cut that you sent me. Is that correct?
2: Yes. That's, let's, let's roll that and see how that works out. 30 years ago, the Berlin Wall fell. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then this alliance wasn't reconsidered. Mm. So that here we are in a world where communism is long gone Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm.
2: And we still consider libertarians to be our allies on the right. Okay, first
1: off two things One the fall of the Berlin Wall was not the fall of communism It just wasn't it was the hiding away of communism. It was the shushing of communism It was the 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 oh, let's go underground of communism It
0: didn't even represent the fall of the USSR. The USSR (laughs) didn't fall in proper for a considerable time after the breach of the Berlin Wall. There was a huge
1: economic collapse that really
0: needed to occur for that to happen. Not to mention a coup that almost kicked off World War III. That's also a thing that happened in there. Yeah. a lot of people just tend to lump this all together and mush it together. Berlin Wall fell down. USSR rolled over and croaked. Communism loses. Capitalism wins. Ronald Reagan's a hero. Yay! Uh, I mean, I realized that you and I were about five when this happened, but still.
1: Wait, 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 wait. Bad wait, 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 history bad history. <laughs> Google it real quick. When was the fall of the Berlin Wall? <laughs> because you're making me feel uh, old. The,
0: the Berlin Wall was uh, November 9th, nineteen eighty nine. The dissolution of the the dissolution of the Soviet Union was not until nineteen ninety one. Eighty nine, yeah, I was four, no, three. I was three. I was three. You were three. <laughs> I was yeah. I was also three because I think we're <laughs> at the same age. Um, but yeah, that that's. I realized this was a while ago, especially yeah. for you know we millennials who don't remember two thousand four. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, so they, you take all this history that happened, you lump it together into one central point, one point of singularity, and it's, mm-hmm. oh yeah, communism lost that day. No, they really did not, but but we're you know beating a dead horse here. Communism's still alive and kicking, mm-hmm. and anything that proceeds from that point is automatically going to have an issue. That is very uh, true.
1: But you know what? So <laughs> speaking of beating a dead horse, you know what's really funny? What? beating a dead horse and by that i mean liberals uh you see when you go to uh right go to right on game.com you use the promo code mojo 50 you get a 10 percent off discount the reason why i bring this up is because the right on game.com is a is a, a board game about mocking the left and why you may ask well because mocking the left just feels so right <laughs> you know a trigger warning by the way for anybody who does actually buy the game microaggressions are contained in the box if uh, you are a millennial snowflake you will be offended by its content retreat to your safe space that is highly recommended once again you go to right use the promo code mojo50 you get a 10 percent off discount and you get to play with wonderful topics like race hustling Wussification of America, the earth snobs, Islam abomination, Hollywood hypocrisies, and so many, many more. Right on game dot com. Right on game dot com. Use the promo code mojo five zero and get 10 percent off. Now, let's let's finish this uh, second cut here, because uh, I think it might be something. here.
2: But if you look at the central threats confronting the country today.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
2: It's not statism and central planning. No. Wait, what? It's the collapse of the family. The collapsing fertility rates. Uh The unsustainable immigration levels we have. Mm. The rise of China. The cancerous spread of identity politics across the country. Mm. The loss of a unified idea of we the people. Mm. And on all of these fronts, the libertarians are a liability.
1: Wait, sorry. I, I let me let me. Uh, I need this real quick. Libertarians are a liability on all of these fronts.
0: What? So if they're if they're a liability, is my insurance going to go up? <laughs> I think they're a financial
1: liability more than anything else. So no, uh, it's not going to be. It's it's just like uh, having <laughs> it's like having a balance sheet. You know, you have your assets, you have your liabilities, and you just kind of balance it out. No, well, I have the I have the windshield <laughs> waiver, so I'm not liability only anymore. Oh, that's good, good man. That's that's a smart move right there. But no, so okay, libertarians are a liability on everything, on all of those fronts.
0: Really. So, so essentially we're saying that libertarians are either contributing to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or effectively the cause of all of these problems or have an antithetical stance to conservatives. Right. And you know what there are there are points uh, of of libertarian
1: party principles and ideas that do stand against quote Traditional conservative ideas and there are there ones that I don't agree with because I'm not a full libertarian I'm more of a constitutionalist one of those is open borders There's a big there's a big push for open borders um, Under the libertarian understanding, but that's because it's a market-based system. They want open borders because they want true free market systems throughout the only problem with that is there's never been free markets throughout the entire world because every other country is owned... Uh, the market is owned by the government in some way. So, for me, I'm a protectionist when it comes to the border. Um, so, in that way, yeah, okay, I gotcha. I gotcha. That's one. That's open borders, dude. That's I it. believe in state sovereignty, so... Yeah, and so do they. So do the libertarians. Libertarians that- believe in s- state sovereignty. They believe specifically that every state should be able to have all of their rules and that shouldn't be superseded by the federal government because there should be, uh, they believe as libertarians that the closest to you should have the the most understanding of power around you because they're the people that you have control most over.
0: The laboratories of democracy.
1: Right. And, you know, I think he actually goes into that portion later on in the thing where he's talking about the 50 states and everything. But so here's the thing. Libertarians share common policies when it comes to uh, uh, economic issues, when it comes to the minimum wage, when it comes to entitlements, when it comes to excessive regulations, when it comes to tax complications, and when it comes to the state's rights. Um, also, pretty much all of the, <laughs> the, the the first ten amendments, they believe wholeheartedly in. It's that thing, that idea, that principle. And they also believe in we the people, they aren't uh libertarian perspective isn't self-interest overall it's actually uh, because uh, here's what i mean by that when you when you utilize self-interest all it is is if it doesn't affect me i don't want i don't care right Mm -hmm. but at the same point in time what what are some things that uh libertarians do actually push for well they push for legalized drug use why Well, it isn't because they all want to do drugs. It's because they think that the people should have the power to control over what drugs they use and do not use. They don't think the government should have that right to tell them that. And that goes with pretty much everything.
0: They're looking for the legal setup of the 1800s, essentially, where it was regulated at the state and local level
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as and to whether that's...
0: something could be purchased or sold. Right. And, and there is merit to that concept. Meanwhile, the, the, the conservatism that uh, Dr. Azarad seems to be um, touting here is more a moralistic conservatism, where uh, the concept that the federal government has the place and has the obligation, the moral duty mm-hmm. to legislate morality Mm-hmm. For the entire country, that seems to be a concept that he's embracing. And that's something that many constitutionalists and many libertarians will push back against strongly. But I think the biggest disruption here, the biggest failure of this argument, is the concept that we no longer need to unite ourselves with libertarians and conservatives mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because there's no longer a reason to unify. There is every reason to come together on what we agree with. Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: There's there's a huge... Huge reason. I mean, if you're talking about government encroachment, if you're talking about big government uh, policies and all of those things, we have there, there is more that we agree on as as a group, which is why I consider myself a constitutional libertarian, uh, which is, you know, a pull away from conservatism because conservatism overall isn't necessarily constitutional.
0: It's the same concept of you know we no longer have a common enemy now we have to start divesting amongst ourselves. This is a a, a purity test for the mm-hmm. conservative movement in the United States, and it's a poison pill. Right. It is a if, big if we,
1: poison pill. It's it's if like if we go a,
0: into twenty twenty tearing ourselves apart, we're handing the reins over.
1: Right. And so here's the thing: when it comes to the moral issue, right? So, if, if let's let's just. Kind of turn into that for a second. All right. So the moral issue of guidance by the government. He uses the example of, well, what is it about? Thou shalt not kill. What about that? Why do we have murder laws? We have murder laws because we understand that everybody's rights <laughs> start and end where the other <laughs> others begin. You know, <laughs> the the,
0: the yeah. second you murder someone, you're you infringing upon their, their rights. Their rights. <laughs> And you're no longer a libertarian at that point. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So, the, the, thou shalt not
1: murder. Yeah, that is a moral issue. True, that is also a moral issue. But, and it started out as or moral issue. But, it is a factual understanding that our rights end where another person's begins. So, if you're going to use the argument, well, what about thou shalt not kill... Uh duh.
0: <laughs> um, and even, even duh. so, e- even if that wasn't in, you know, the United States code, even if you couldn't locate that in the USC, there would still be state laws barring murder. There would still mm-hmm. be local laws barring, barring murder. murder. Yeah. Uh, th- it, it really, it comes down to continuity of law for the United States overall, mm-hmm. and that does not provide you with carte blanche to start legislating all forms of morality. Right. Uh, and now and I, we have here's, to take care to decide what laws we put in as far as legislating the moral code goes. Very true, and I will
1: say this. There used to be a thing where in every court in the nation, there were the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were there. They're a signpost. They're something you can look at because guess what? Man makes rules. Rules are made to be broken. The only person, the only entity that actually makes laws is the one who created us. And I don't care who you believe that is, that is the only one that can create a law. Laws of gravity, laws of understanding, laws of relation, they're all there. And if you break them, obviously you break other things too. But that sound right there means that we're going to go to a commercial break. We will be right back in about two minutes. There we go.
2: And the commercials are running. The commercials are running, man. It's good signs. I'm
0: so, I'm so glad I have the transcripts. <laughs> why?
1: What's going on? Because
0: I cannot hear the sound bites.
1: <laughs> you can't hear the sound bites?
0: I cannot hear the sound bites. That's oh, why I kept overshooting no. them. Oh man, I am so. That's sorry. why. I, that's why I was overshooting where he stopped. That is weird because everything else is playing. Yeah no I I I heard the play out I heard uh the for uh AOC
1: Oh you know what here I'll do this on the last one I can I can set it up
0: Okay I can yeah, set It's like up. I feel I feel like such an idiot cuz I'm coming in after but
1: No 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 I got you dude I got you I'll get this last one in here Ah, uh, I hate it when it does that junk
0: Like By the way uh I just went over to SubscribeStar instead of Patreon <laughs>
1: subscribe star who's that
0: uh that's an alternate funding source that was uh, recommended by sargon of Akkad. oh right because he got cut yeah he got cut from patreon i'm like well it's a matter of time yeah i i just heard him if you uh popped it yeah i did just uh just now so
1: you heard it yeah good i put it on a different sounder set yeah i need to buy a board so I was using I was utilizing the uh, Spreaker. This is the first time I've actually used Spreaker in ages. I was usually utilizing Spreaker as a soundboard setup, oh. but
0: apparently that was a bad idea for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm going to guess where you paused that and yeah. uh, All right. I'm just going to keep nodding.
1: And we're back. You're listening yes, to indeed. The Finters Live. This is Stephen Airy here with Matt Holloway. And we're breaking down an argument called the conservative argument against libertarianism. And uh, up to this point, the strawman argument that he's been bringing into place really haven't been standing their ground. <sighs> At last you left our heroes, they were discussing the moral guidance of... <laughs> <laughs> anyway back to it but, so okay uh, other than the moral understandings and, and everything else so thou shalt not steal okay let's do that thou shalt not steal well what are you doing when you're stealing you're infringing upon somebody else's right to own property okay thou shalt thou shalt not covet
0: somebody's wife what are you doing <laughs> you're infringing on someone else's marriage <laughs> okay
1: (laughs) all right so i think we understand this it's basically libertarianism is very simple uh don't (laughs) (laughs) and that's the whole thing so here's here's the deal this is why uh this is where he kind of boils it down for for a little bit he boils it down to uh something very simple he's like i can't believe that these people would bring it down to something to a five-year-old to a five-year-old understanding of of what's going on it doesn't make sense that they would try to set up an entire system hold on i'll i'll give you the entire quote actually instead of trying to paraphrase here uh because it's it's it just doesn't yeah quote when i debated david boaz who is the vice president in education in education at the cato institute he tells the audience and he's proud of this he quotes everything you need to know about libertarianism you learned in kindergarten and i shake my head in disbelief i'm like don't. you're proud of
0: this well they made it accessible right that's that's the whole concept of the basic argument of don't hurt people and don't take their stuff
1: yeah, I mean that's the basic argument. That is literally getting everything down to its bare bones nothingness. Okay, with what is no li- nuance. What is libertarianism? <laughs> Zero nuance. What is libertarianism? Don't hurt people. Don't take their stuff. Limited government for all. We want to take that's over it. the. We want to take over the world to leave you alone. You know, <laughs> that's libertarianism. It, in, in, you know, in, I, in, a,
0: in a what is it? A, a, in a nutshell. In a nutshell, I wanted to uh, to take a second here because I had a, a fortunate turn of memory, mm-hmm. and I need to point out my own hypocrisy here. Uh-oh. Okay? June 2nd, 2016, I was a contributor for TheBlaze.com, mm-hmm. and this article is still up on The Blaze if you want to check it. Oh, no. I, I wrote an open letter to the Libertarian Party. I really tried to take you seriously for about a week. Yeah. And this was immediately after Ted Cruz suspended his campaign, mm-hmm. and I was not yet prepared to board the Trump train. Yes. So I started looking at the Libertarian Party as a viable option. Uh-huh. Uh, I was I a big fan of Austin Peterson, and then I listened to a disastrous interview with John McAfee, mm-hmm. and then they had their, uh, their convention where a man proceeded to strip down on stage and do a little boogie.
1: Yeah. And, almost uh, as bad as uh the Rent is Too Damn High Party?
0: <laughs> almost as bad, almost as bad. So I I wrote a, a rather scathing open letter to the Libertarian Party. So Matt, I too what's wrong I too with you? am guilty of of shunning the Libertarian Party. So but I just you wanted have to point that out. your
1: ways, Matt, and you
0: are a young sprite.
1: This <laughs> man is is like in the in his 50s, okay? He's <laughs>
0: He's in, I, I 40s really say, 50s. He's in his forties or fifties. He's in his forties or fifties. I'd really 50s. say I'm more of a Mountain Dew than a Sprite, but that's all right. Oh, very nice,
1: <laughs> very nice. Uh, but uh, but this man has been twenty years down this down this road, and uh, I don't I don't get. Okay, so bringing this back to the conversation that, that he was having, that he was going through. I believe this next clip is a yeah, but nah. Is that, uh-huh. that's, that's what we're going with this? Yeah, yeah, nah. This is a Yabana? Yeah, All right, hold on, okay, let, 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 let's start playing this.
2: Talk about states' rights. No, 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 no. That term has more baggage than a Samsonite factory. You say states' rights, people hear segregation, now segregation forever.
1: What, what, wait, hold on. It, it, what? No.
0: What, yeah. What? This is not the 1960s. This is in the 1930s. Goldwater's not running for president. (laughs) I think you need to back up just a hair buddy. Um, And and that joke about the Samsonite factory was terrible. That was a bad joke. It really was. (laughs) That that was a dad joke, and I have four children. That was a dad joke. (laughs) I also have four
1: children, and that was a really bad dad joke. Anyway, he continues. The
2: other thing I'd like to remind you of is if you do a little word search on the Constitution for the word states'
0: rights, you will not find it.
1: Okay. No, you think?
0: I I just want to... You know, if this were my show, I would have the censor button ready, and I would say, uh, (laughs) no blank, Sherlock. (laughs) Yeah, we know. States' rights never appears in the Constitution at any given point. That is a colloquial wait, 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 term. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop.
1: Time <laughs> out. There is an entire
0: section. <laughs> yes, called powers reserved to the states. It is in the. It is in the uh, the Tenth Amendment. You are literally just arguing the meaning of a phrase. What some uh, people would, uh, would could, call semantic. Could semantics. you please explain to me the meaning of the word "is"? Uh no,
1: no I can't. And I won't, Mr <laughs> President. And what, what can...
0: do you mean by the <laughs> what is the word uh
1: what, 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 what's the word the um all right. We have semantic argument. as yeah. individuals.
2: States have no rights, they have powers.
1: He is literally just going to a semantic argument.
0: Semantic argument for one hundred, Alex. Ding.
1: Yeah, uh, da, Yes, we know that. We know that the, the when we talk about states' rights, we're talking about the powers given to the state by the
0: people through the Constitution. Uh, and All sh- powers not specifically enumerated to the to the Congress are reserved to the states and to the people. Right. So basically, right. that in a nutshell means states' gives rights. Gives you a full explanation. It, it's states' rights and states' rights are individual rights you know i understand that
1: and i mean when we go to states rights we think about states rights and everybody's like oh the state nobody likes the state but you know what there are other things going on it's not just states rights it's our second amendment it's our freedom of speech these are all rights but they're also powers they're and our we also- individual powers, and when it comes to our powers, our powers of speech, our powers of bearing arms, there's nothing better than uh, going to Tar River Arms. And by the way, that means Guns. dot com. You see, Matt thought I was going to continue rolling in through the argument, but instead I threw a commercial at him. Tar River Arms is a modernized online firearm sales. They they accommodate uh, they accommodate all the online generation. Basically, everything that you can do, uh, they have a full three dimensional view set. Uh, you can zoom in on all the pictures, and by that I mean you can even see the dust. If they have not, if they haven't polished those guns, you'll know because you'll see the fingerprint and the dust on the handle, <laughs> on the grip. It's right there. Look, listen. Great guns, great prices, great service. It's a veteran-owned, veteran-run company. Kurt was here just a few weeks ago at the at the house hanging with me. We talked for the entire show and then about 2 hours afterwards. He even left his jacket. I've been trying to get a hold of him since. <laughs> Tar River Arms, go to traguns.com. They have some of the greatest deals out there on guns. Today, for everything that you need tar river arms that's t-r-a-guns now to the argument that you were about to propose sir
0: <laughs> i've totally lost it now so you Good. know if i don't know you're that's gonna exactly go into a read that doesn't do. work that's exactly <laughs> what i wanted to
1: do yeah i know i don't want you to know what i'm gonna read i want you to hear it just as everybody else hears it now let's get back to this guy and uh, his stupidity
2: if you need to talk about federalism today Steal the left's favorite word. You know what federalism is a synonym for? Diversity.
1: Whoa. Hold on.
0: What? <laughs> yeah, I, I did the same thing. And it, okay. it's so funny to me. It's so funny to me that in dec- he decries states' rights mm-hmm. as n- not a thing. Yeah. And then goes into a dissertation for a couple of seconds, goes into an aside... About how they're a good thing.
1: Yeah. Listen State rights
2: are a good thing. I mean, it's, it's a good thing here. That's exactly what federalism means. It means that we're a very big country. Yes. We're divided on a whole bunch of issues. We will not agree on everything. Yeah. Why not have 50 different models of governance?
0: Why not have libertarianism? Which espouses a federalism. In federalism. Yeah. And yeah. Having different laws in different states, depending on what the people want. So you've really just confused your entire argument
1: into something completely different. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it, it's it, he he is arguing against himself. Now it, it's very easy <laughs> to oppose him because he's doing it for me. It's great, isn't it? Here, let's let's continue. Hold on. Why
2: not let Texas be Texas, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then Vermont be Vermont? I like that. Why do we need to homogenize? We don't. Why can't we accept differences? Why won't we, to use Silicon Valley lingo, allow citizens to customize their government? That's He's called libertarianism. Wait, that's called no, libertarianism he... once again.
0: He's going to tell us why that's bad.
2: Oh, okay. Now, ultimately, though, you can't leave it at that because we are not just 50 states.
1: Pol- Time out? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> You can't leave it at that. Why? <laughs> uh, Why? Okay. That's, that's actually how the Constitution was designed, yeah. And how our founders envisioned this nation with mm-hmm. the, with the thirteen states at that point, at that point. being the lab, being the laboratories for freedom yeah. for different forms of government. No, I, I so. mean, even even at one point we had uh, we had some states that had established religions. Mm-hmm. The official religion of Maryland was Catholicism. The official religion of Pennsylvania was uh Quaker. I yeah, believe, it was Quaker. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Uh, you know, in Massachusetts, they were Protestant by and large. So you mm-hmm, actually mm-hmm. had different established religions for each and every state, which, is which was perfectly fine under the Constitution yes. until the Supreme Court ruled the supremacy clause applied there. Which is
1: funny because he actually uses that argument later on in his speech.
0: He does. And it's it's a case of, okay, you're going to build your argument on a piece of Supreme Court case law that conservatives and Republicans and Libertarians have all railed against for the last 50-some-odd years yeah. as being bad law. Because it is. But it's settled law. That doesn't make it good law. Look, the so Jim Crow laws were settled law. law. <laughs> you know? There are
1: so many things that were settled law at the time. Slavery was a settled law. You know, law yeah. of the king, of uh, beyond the Americans.
0: <laughs> Slavery was a settled law. When I get the settled law argument, my head just wants to explore. Uh, there is no such thing as settled law.
1: Once again, man makes rules. Only God makes law. <laughs> There's no such thing as settled law unless you're talking about the ones that we have to live by on a daily basis because our
2: creator made them.
1: And he continues.
2: Politically, which is the most important one, is that we belong to a country. What is it that you want to conserve as as a conservative? At the most fundamental level, it is your country
0: try again uh ding 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 uh we actually want to conserve our freedom and our (laughs) liberties and the constitution of the united states do i want to preserve the country
1: yes but only if
0: only if
1: that government that country preserves my rights my freedoms as a person (laughs)
0: <laughs> without freedom, without liberty, without the Constitution, the United States of America ceases to exist It's as no it was it, it has exactly. ceased to be. It has, it is dead, sir. <laughs> but 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 that, that is the point here. What are you seeking to conserve as a conservative? We're seeking to conserve our country, yes. But if you're telling me that through the application of laws that are contrary to the freedoms and liberties guaranteed in our founding documents, we're doing this to conserve our country, it's not our country anymore once you do that. Yeah. I what mean... what you have what you have conserved is is a shell, is mm-hmm. a shadow of mm-hmm. what was originally dreamt of by our founding fathers.
1: It's literally just a just a base understanding. It is, it is the nothingness. It's it's a cicada's skin on the outside. Static, a static, hollow nothingness attached dead, to a piece of wood.
0: A dead husk. That, that's
1: that's basically that's it. The phrase. A, a husk of nothing. And that is what you're trying to preserve. No, no, that is not what you're trying to preserve. What you're trying to preserve are the rights of all individuals and their families. Now, he tries to use the argument very early on in this game that conservatives are family oriented and libertarians are individualists. These I, are mutually exclusive, apparently? I don't think they are, because what's good for my family is also
0: good for me. And vice versa. I mean,
1: yeah, I want the freedoms me that I have. Whatever's good for will be good for my family, as long as I don't take it to some crazy excess.
0: If I do my job right, yeah. then when I go to my grave, hopefully many years from now, my sons and my daughter live in a freer nation than I was born into. Right. where their liberties are secured even further against the potential trampling of other people. And uh, a paraphrase from, from the movie The Patriot, I know it's paraphrasing a uh, non-historically accurate character portrayed by Mel Gibson. <laughs> that means but absolutely same, nothing. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's still a good quote. The quote is, you know, why am I going to trade one tyrant 3,000 miles away for 300 tyrants 10 miles away?
1: Exactly. There's no point in it. I mean, if we're going through, and the entire idea of this is we're going to preserve our government, no. That is preserving an institution. It is not preserving our freedoms, our faith, our understandings, our base reality in this world. It is not... It doesn't do anything to conserve an institution. It's like we're conservatives. We're going to conserve
0: Ford. No, it doesn't help us. Stop it. <laughs> later, later on in the talk, and I, I apologize. I don't have this clip. Uh, you know, that's on me, guys, because I was pulling clips for today's show. Yeah, uh, he goes on. He goes on to say that. The reason why government must step in and must conserve and uphold the moral values that are necessary uh, to to have posterity and to continue America mm-hmm. is because the underpinnings of society which upheld them in years past, your civic organizations, your churches, mm-hmm. they have all deteriorated and become decrepit and inactive. And but why? Why is the question? Why is the question, but— Here's the issue. If you are trusting your government to impose moral order on the populace, if you are utilizing the government to do that as a conservative, you are no longer conserving the United States of America.
1: And he goes against his own argument right here in in parts of the speech. He says, again... Go to the worst parts of America. You will see lots of government and lots of individuals. You will not see mediating institutions. Now, I'm guessing by mediating institutions, he means something like, I don't know, the Heritage Foundation and things like that. But his entire point is apparently libertarians are the individuals and the government institution is the government. And there's nothing, there's no conservatives in the middle, like help joining them together. That's not the point of conservatism. (laughs) <laughs> the point of conservatism is to actually follow the Constitution. You should be constitutional. You should understand. You should follow the ideas and conserve the freedoms that we have founded in the Constitution. That is conservative. Anything that it else
0: is... is not. And that it is not the place of the government to be moral, upstanding, and to set that societal example, In it is point. to the individual people of this nation to be moral and just and good.
1: And speaking of individual people that should be moral, just and good, go to CharityMagnets.com. Use the promo code MOJO, you get $5 off on the purchase. Charity Magnets designs and produces beautiful, high-quality <laughs> products for law enforcement supporters and enthusiasts their community uh, consists of law enforcement professionals and their families first responders corrections officers members of the military private citizens dedicated to honor integrity and helping others in a time of need if you feel like that you should be the moral imperative go to charitymagnets.com use a promo code mojo to get five dollars off support them because they support places like cops For Kids with Cancer, an organization that's produced $2.5 million in donations uh, for cancer research. Check them out. Once again, that's charitymagnets.com, promo code MOJO, $5 off. But the entire point here, man, is that individuals and their internal communities are the ones that should be the moral fabric of our society. And what actually happened is that conservatives weren't conservative. They stopped following the Constitution, and they allowed people on the other side of the argument, the big government side of the argument, to step in and say, well, you know, you're supposed to you know, help the poor. Why don't we just help the poor as a government? And we do it this way. We'll tax a little bit, and we'll help the government. And then they said, well, you know what? Those organizations out there, they're not doing it right, so we're going we're gonna to make sure that they can't. Do what we do. Uh, we're gonna put put stipulations, and we're gonna put uh, barriers around those organizations and those so- civic uh, civic organizations and everything like that. They're not gonna be allowed to serve food that's been freshly made at somebody's house. They're not gonna be allowed to serve food with too much sodium. They're not gonna be allowed to do this. They're not gonna be allowed to serve clothes in this manner. They're not gonna uh, th- all of these regulations that have come down from our federal government. That's the reason why you don't see. All of these civic institutions and everything like that. You also don't see it because the media doesn't care about those institutions and about those civic duties. All they want to portray is that, oh, the conservatives are mean, angry people that follow God and are Bible thumpers. That's all you. That's all they want to. That they, they want to say about conservatism and constitutionalism. But to say that you have on on point that nobody in the conservative uh, ideal. Is giving to these causes? You are exactly wrong. You're no, no liber- still the most.
0: We're still the most generous giving nation in the
1: world, only because of our libertarian conservative people. Because I don't know about you, but libertarians seem to give a lot more to causes and things like that than than liberals do, and uh, by that I mean Democrats and uh, conservatives. Conservative libertarians combined give the most per capita of their income. Um, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's like a 20 percent difference overall in the average between liberals and conservatives. I mean, and, and these the, they give to organizations that actually matter. They don't give to organizations that just ball up the money in in administrative costs and things like that. They give to to the best organizations out there. That uh, that use their money to actually do things for the uh, for for people, overall. Oh, it bothers me to no end. This guy and the the I I want to have him on because I want him to 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 actually go through his argument because it doesn't seem like he had a very cogent argument going through. If you look at the transcripts um, and you read his his entire thing, he jumps from subject to subject to subject to subject you got family and then you got civics and then you got economics and then you got the wall and then you got got drugs you got abortion i mean he's all over the map all over the map but at the same point in time he always contradicts his himself in the next paragraph when he says something about the differences between libertarianism and conservatism or saying how conservatism is better than all the rest you can't be a teacher and be this confounded.
0: <laughs> and what it keeps bringing me back to, reading through his argument and re-listening to it, it causes me to think more on the so many things that conservatives and libertarians have in common, right, with one another. The the ways that we enhance each other, the ways that we keep each other honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I uh, I don't know if you ever worked with K. E. Dean over at Lanterns, but I actually did a. Uh, I actually did a, a a show with her called KE Keep Me Honest mm-hmm. because she is more Christian conservative than I am. I'm more constitutional conservative and, okay. and you know, I'm, I'm, of course, a Christian. But I have more emphasis in my political views to constitutionality rather than uh, Christian moralism. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of similar to what we're seeing today, the, the argument here. Yeah. And we used to go back and forth and bounce back and forth. And it's that healthy engagement, it's that testing of one another's theses that allows us to take the thesis, the uh, antithesis, and come up with the synthesis. Mm -hmm. It allows us to better our overall arguments. It allows for conservatives to see that the Constitution has a much more limiting aspect And it allows libertarians to see that there's much more responsibility to our fellow man than perhaps they would have seen originally. And we work so much better together to defy and oppose the concepts of collectivism and progressivism than either side ever could alone. I think it's just an enormous strategic mistake Mm -hmm. and philosophical mistake to seek to divest conservatives from libertarians in 2019. I
1: think you can sum up his argument in this statement that he made. Conservatism is about solidarity. We are not contrary to what a libertarian says, a random assemblage of individuals, each going about their private lives, consuming and having fun, which I don't know of any libertarian that would say their life is about consuming and having fun. That doesn't really make sense. But what I really think is it goes on to exactly what you just said. He is trying to equate conservatism to group think. Morally group, superior group think. Yeah, morally <laughs> superior groupthink above individualism and coming together on mutual ground for the right causes. And you know, here, it, uh, another thing about his argument here, He just in the next statement, in the next thing, he says, we are a nation, and we are one nation under God. We are, a theo- we are not a theocracy. All conservatives believe in the First Amendment, which means that every American, by the virtue of human beings, blah, blah, blah. We have established churches, but we don't think, you know. Anyway, he says, we have no hostility toward religion as a country. That's not true. There's a lot of hostility now. And there continually will be. But that sound means that it's time for the show to end. Matt, tell them where they can find you.
0: www.thehollownet.com and hollownetlanterns.buzz. Twitter yeah. at thehollownet,
1: And you can find us live on Mojo Five O every night, Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. This time, all the time. Same bad time, same bad channel. Later, folks.
0: Later.